Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is July 27th. On July 27th, 1909, Orville Wright flew a plane for a record one hour and 12 minutes. Born in 1867 and 1871, Wilbur and Orville Wright had been interested in science and technology from a young age. After receiving a flying toy as a gift from their father in 1878, they became fascinated with flight and sought to develop a heavier-than-air flying machine that could carry a man. Beginning in 1899, the Wright brothers initially experimented with gliders. Within four years, they had built their first airplane. With a wingspan of 40 feet and 152-pound, 12-horsepower engine, this plane was unlike anything seen before. The first historic-powered airplane flight took place at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina on December 17, 1903. Orville flew for 12 seconds and traveled 120 feet. Later that day, Wilbur flew for 59 seconds and covered 852 feet. The Wright brothers continued to improve their design. Despite the Wright brothers' successful demonstration of powered flight, their innovation remained largely unknown for five years. This was in part because the brothers were somewhat reluctant to display their plane over concerns of patent theft. Plus, many simply didn't believe their claims, and when they were invited the press to come watch their flights, no one came. Many believed that the mystery of flight had yet to be solved. As the years passed, Orville and Wilbur improved their machines and flying techniques. In 1904, they made a total of 104 flights, but spent only about 45 minutes in the air. However, on October 5, 1905, their machine flew 24.2 miles, remaining airborne for 38 minutes and 3 seconds. The flight was only cut short by the airplane running out of fuel. In 1906, they received a patent for their first airplane. When the Wrights approached the U.S. military about their invention, they were met with skepticism. The brothers were relatively unheard of, and the military had just spent $50,000 attempting to create a flying machine, only to fail. Then, in 1908, the Wrights staged successful test flights in France that finally convinced the Department of War. They received a contract and were commissioned to build the first Army airplane, Sigma Corps No. 1, the Wright Military Flyer. The brothers built a plane and tested it on July 27, 1909 at Fort Myer in Arlington County, Virginia with President William Howard Taft, his wife, and a crowd of others present. Orville piloted while Wilbur assisted in a successful test flight lasting 1 hour, 12 minutes, and 40 seconds, a record at the time. They flew an average of 40 miles an hour, showed the plane could be maneuvered in any direction and land without damage. The brothers successfully met their flight requirements and received a bonus for exceeding the speed specifications. They also had to teach the first two Army pilots to fly the new planes, which they did that October. The Wright brothers played a major role in getting America's Army airborne. And in 1986, in Atlanta, Georgia, the 26th Summer Olympiad was disrupted by an explosion of a nail-laden pipe bomb in Centennial Olympic Park. The bombing, which occurred during a free concert, killed a mother who had brought her daughter to hear the rock music and injured more than 100 others, including a Turkish cameraman who suffered a fatal heart attack after the blast. Police were warned of the bombing in advance, but the bomb exploded before the anonymous caller said it would, leading authorities to suspect the law enforcement officers who descended on the park were indirectly targeted. Within a few days, Richard Jewell, a security guard at the concert, was under investigation for the crime. However, evidence against him was dubious at best, and in October he was fully cleared of all responsibility in the bombing. 
On January 16, 1997, another bomb exploded outside an abortion clinic in suburban Atlanta, blowing a hole in the building's wall. An hour later, while pe police and ambulance workers were still in the scene, a second blast went off near the large trash bin, injuring seven people. As at Centennial Park, a nail-laden bomb was used and authorities were targeted. Then, only five days later, also in Atlanta, a nail-laden bomb exploded near the patio area of a crowded gay and lesbian nightclub, injuring five people. A second bomb in a backpack was found outside after the first explosion, but police safely detonated it. Federal investigators linked the bombings, but no suspect was arrested. And then on January 29, 1998, an abortion clinic was bombed in Birmingham, Alabama, killing an off-duty police officer and critically wounding a nurse. An automobile reported at the time at the scene was later found abandoned near the Georgia state line, and investigators traced it to Eric Robert Rudolph, a 31-year-old carpenter. Although Rudolph was not immediately found, authorities positively identified him as the culprit in the Birmingham and Atlanta bombings, and an extensive manhunt began. Despite being one of the FBI's most wanted fugitives, Rudolph eluded the authorities for five years by hiding in the mountains of western North Carolina before finally being captured on May 31, 2003. As part of a plea agreement that helped him avoid a death sentence, Rudolph pled guilty to all three bombings as well as the 1998 murder of a police officer and was sentenced on July 18, 2005 to four consecutive life terms. And finally... The world's first jet-propelled airliner took off to the skies at Hatfield and Hertfordshire, the home of the de Havilland Aircraft Company. The plane was piloted by Group Captain John Cunningham, the wartime fighter ace, and as it happened, the day of was Cunningham's 30th birthday. Taxiing runs were made first, and then a hop or two watched by the press, who, to their later irritation, had all gone away by the evening when Cunningham and his crew took the plane up to 10,000 feet came down to fly 100 feet above the runway in a salute to their colleagues on the ground and landed after 31 minutes. Powered by four Ghost turbo jet engines, the plane was designed to carry 36 first-class passengers at a height of 40,000 feet and a speed close to 500 miles per hour. Before the end of the war, a government-appointed committee under Lord Brabazon of Terra had pronounced that the jet engine offered Britain the best chance of taking the lead in the development of transport aircraft. Geoffrey de Havilland was a member of the committee in a plane to fill the bill was developed under wraps at Hatfield by the company's chief designer, R.E. Bishop. Work began in 1945 on a prototype, which the Ministry of Supply called Swallow and de Havilland's unromantically called TG-283. Sir Geoffrey's oldest son, another Geoffrey, took it up for the initial flight in May 1946. Tragically, he was killed in the second prototype, TG-306, when it crashed over the Thames estuary in September. John Cunningham was his successor as the company's chief test pilot. Carrying res resolutely on, de Havilland's resurrected the name Comet from an earlier speedster produced in 1934 for the England-Australia Air Race. The Comet Hotel at Hatfield was built in the shape of it, and the new Orlando was first shown at the public to Farnborough in September of 1949, and it made test trips abroad. In 1950, Cunningham broke the London-Rome-London-Copenhagen-and-London-Carrow records with it. In 1951, a production line at Hatfield started turning out comets for BOAC, which, to great acclaim, made the world's first pure jet flight carrying fare-paying passengers in May of 1952 to Johannesburg. A regular BOAC passenger service taking a day and a half between London and Tokyo started in 1953. National pride soared, and orders came pouring in from foreign airlines. American Aviation Magazine commented, Whether we like it or not, the British are giving the U.S. a drubbing in jet transport. 
Sadly, what had started so well was to end in tears as comets were found to suffer from structural failures. In January 1954, one leaving Rome crashed into the sea off Elba, killing all 35 passengers aboard, and months later, another crashed with 21 lives lost. It was still a BOAC Comet 4, which made the first regular jet airline crossing of the Atlantic in 1958, but as all world airlines took to jet aircraft, it was the American Boeing 707 which dominated the sky. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeople'sHistory.com Orville Wright at Info.MysticStamp.com Olympic Nail Bomb at History.com And De Havilland Comet's First Flight at HistoryToday.com The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.